This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Everybody, welcome to Challenge, a podcast all about MTV's The Challenge. My name is Big Uncle Sweet Tea. I'm Zachy Bananas. And we are down a uh, a co-host tonight. We are. You and Sally knocked him out. <laughs> Wolfie is battling the plague that I gave him Yes. last week. Uh, a slight sore throat is going to keep Wolfie away from this podcast. That's how dedicated Wolfie is to this show, guys. Yeah. A very slight tickle in his throat. He's like, peace, I'm out. I can't do it. Well, I appreciate you know. Uh, he and I both risked it last week. You know, I don't know if risking it two weeks in a row was worth it. You know, but now we're all well in the house. There's no risk. But he might bring it back here and give it to me, and then I'll give it for like a week, and then I'll bring it back, give it to you and the kids. And that's winter in Illinois. That's pass just how it all it goes. around. Yeah, it's not a terrible sickness. It's a slight sore throat. Just suck on some cough drops for a couple of days. Yeah, get that weird numb tongue feeling. Do you ever do you do that when you suck? Do you do that? Do you suck on cough drops for three days straight? If you have a sore throat, I, I mean. Throughout the day, I don't do it like consistently, but yeah. Oh man, I hit that thing consistently. The second I feel a sore throat coming on, to me that is the worst symptom in the world. I hate having a sore throat. So I just go get one of those like economy size bags of sore throat lozenges and I just pop them for three days straight until my tongue burns. Like I swear, like my tongue like swells up and stuff because of all the whatever's in those <laughs> things. Yeah, sore throats are pretty bad. I think that or watery eyes is the worst for me. Oh, watery eyes. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, nausea. Some people really hate nausea. Nausea doesn't bother me much because if you just sort of sit still, yeah, it's it's okay. Sore throat is just it bothers you all day. There's no escape from it. It does. Every time you eat, drink, talk, it just bugs you. And I, oh, I can hate yeah. those sore throats. But anyway, so Wolfie's struggling with a sore throat. Wolfie is out. And we'll see. Maybe, maybe he's been eliminated. Maybe he'll never come back. Or maybe as long as we're in the game, he'll have his opportunity to return. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, this is Ride or Dies, guys. Season 38, episode 10. This one's called Dancing on My Own. Hey, join the Facebook group. It's the best place on the internet to talk about the challenge. Join the Patreon. I'll get into all the benefits later. But part of Patreon is that you can live chat with us. Carlin's doing that right now. Olivia, Joker, they're all in the chat room. Uh, chiming in while we talk. Yeah. And then also we have the Discord for anyone yeah. that joins the Patreon. Not super active, but... Uh, <laughs> no, but we're slowly building up people there, and I think the more people we get, the more active it will become. Yeah. And I know Wolfie and I were talking some, I think, Saturday night after our event about trying to get some more channels added into the Discord to kind of have more things to do in there. Right. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about that, too. Uh, Saturday night, we did our, little, our first little uh, watch-along with yeah. the $10 patrons. Yeah, our first watch-along, second event, you know, after we did our meet-and-greet last uh, month, and... It went really well. You know, the, the movie was horrendous. <laughs> yeah, we watched uh, Most Dangerous Game, CT's movie. Yes, uh, CT should stick to his day job. Don't try going to acting. <laughs> his day job being the challenge or yes. uh, whatever he does when he's off the challenge. A challenge, it, it does seem, uh, you know, post-divorce, he's starting to 
take a lot of gigs. I've seen him on Instagram a lot more lately. Talk about appearances to go meet oh. him. So mm-hmm. yeah, just do appearances, do the challenge. Don't he, try to act. Yeah, he needs money. Yep. But uh, but yeah, yeah. So the movie wasn't great, but I want to say like after the movie, we probably spent another two and a half to four hours anywhere in there. Yeah. Like just talking, discussing the challenge, upcoming events, life in general. Yeah. It was a cool event. Uh, Carlin in the chat room was at the event. So it was Joker. Uh, Jacqueline is in the chat room. She wasn't at the the movie, but it was still, uh, it was a lot of fun. And I think we'll do uh, further watch alongs. Don't know what those watch alongs will be. There was some talk of Scorned, which is another shitty reality movie, <laughs> movie starring a lot of reality people. It'd be fun. Yeah. We could watch a Scorned. I don't know if they have anywhere, but then we could also watch Kill Reality. Yeah. Which was the making of Scorned. I looked for that everywhere because we, we reviewed Scorned on this podcast. Yeah, It's been a couple that. years ago. I was so excited when you guys did that because that's, you know, it's not a good movie, but it's one of my favorite <laughs> movies just because I'm a big reality TV fan. So it's, right. it's fun to see all those people together interacting. Yeah. So we, I, because I remember Kill Reality when it was on, but I could not find it to watch anywhere. It's one of those weird, like, lost media things. But I remember when watching it when it was live. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to ask uh, Rob with RHAP because I know he is part of the kill reality. So maybe he'll have a, an idea of where we can find it. Oh, that'd be cool. It'd be cool if we could watch that. That'd be fun. Uh, all right. Well, should we get into this week's episode? Absolutely. Oh, join the Patreon. If that, if you guys want to join watch alongs and uh, join the little community, it's a lot of fun. All right. So this episode is called dancing on my own. It starts off with Mariah and Fessy coming back to their house with their new teams. Everyone is kind of celebrating and getting hyped um, it just sort of skips along to all of these sort of ride or die teams that are now separated. And it talks to the, you know, everybody about how they're feeling about their teams. And Fessy, of course, seems just over the moon about this team he's assembled. He's taking great, he's taking a lot of credit for assembling this team. What did you think of all this talk, Zach? I mean, I definitely think he got the best team out there, so he should be proud. I don't know how much of it was his doing and how much was just Mariah making bad choices. And I know we discussed last week also, it seemed like there might've been some sketchiness with uh, the gender divide and how they picked people there. Yeah. So I was reading up on it from last week. Okay. So that's one of the bad sides about doing this podcast. So soon we literally watch the show and then we come sit down at this table and record it. So with hindsight, uh, which can can sort of change our opinions a little bit. Um, But so I guess that was called a, uh, snake draw where it's she picks a man and then fessy has to pick two men or else it starts because if it's man woman man woman mariah gets all the men fessy gets all the women you know what i mean yeah so it's like you kind of have to skip this thing so i I really do think in this draw it's better to go second place i don't think mariah made any mistakes i think she picked the best person available every round it's just because of how it started uh fessy had a better he had better luck in that draw okay and so he was picking like they were both taking turns picking back-to-back people snake style we just had the edit show it looked like they're doing one at a time right so that makes sense i think that's what happened here uh yeah joker says fessy had the first vote so he had the advantage i think fessy had the second vote so he had the advantage which doesn't really make much sense except that mariah only got one and then fessy got the next two yeah um so it's you know I, I really think that's where it happened. And I don't think Fessy Fessy's claiming a lot of credit here. I think this was luck. 
Uh, I don't think Mariah made any mistakes. I, you know, I don't know. It's just Fessy taking credit for something that he didn't really do. And I think I'm pretty sure that uh, Fessy actually had the first pick. At least that's what the edit showed. Because I remember being so upset because I was like, oh, you know, like I want Mariah to get the first pick so she could screw over Fessy. I thought Mariah did get the first pick with Jordan. I'm pretty sure Fessy like got the first pick with Casey number one overall, and then Jordan was the number one man overall. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever it is, it just seemed like luck of the draw type of situation. I think Fessy's taking more credit than he uh, needs to. His team is slightly bigger. I'll say that. Slightly stronger. Yes. Uh, Joker agrees with you, so yes, I must be wrong. Um, Fessy had the first vote and picked Casey. Uh, Carlin says Feast was first. Yeah. And everyone's agreeing with you. Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> I concede, guys. I concede, chat room. See, I, it's I the know the first my... time I've ever been wrong in my whole life. I know my challenge trivia, which is why uh, next month when we're doing challenge <laughs> trivia for all $10 patrons, uh, I will not be competing because I will be helping host, but uh, yeah. everyone else should join and compete. Um, I almost think, you know, for that, we might have to end up doing like K- Katie versus everyone else. You think so? Maybe. Everybody can just uh, try to take out Casey? Yeah. I Casey's think Wolf- the CT. I think Wolfie said it has to be everyone for themselves, but. Yeah. I think that's more fun. Yeah. We should have an AI bot generate the trivia questions so we can all play. That would be fun, but do we trust an AI bot to make good no, questions? No, who cares? <laughs> who cares? If they're wrong, they're wrong. Uh, okay, so, uh, Zach, I'm gonna, I, it's my goal tonight to make this uh, podcast last the amount of time that the episode should have lasted, which is much less than an hour and a half. I feel like every week your goal is to make the podcast as short as possible and mine yeah. is to make it as long as possible. <laughs> All right, then we're going to be battling tonight. I'm aiming for fast, baby. So both teams are sort of talking. Fessy's team seems very enthusiastic and very optimistic. They're talking about how badass they are. You go over to Mariah's team, and they're trying to find some highlights on the team. But mostly they're just sort of admitting that eh, maybe maybe this is not the best team to be on. Was that your sort of impression as, as, they, as these guys all talk? Yeah, that was my thought. Is, you know, they kind of, I think they realized that they were outmatched, and they were like, let's try to find the positive in this situation. And... You know, maybe we'll be better at puzzles. You know, uh, Devin says maybe we'll have the endurance and stamina. Yeah. But for the most part, I think they knew they were in trouble. Yeah. But I think I, I think Jordan is right, though, and Devin and whoever else was saying it. These people are smarter. Mariah's team is smarter and probably has more endurance and is probably faster. Fessy's team is certainly bigger and probably stronger. And so for some games, that really works, like like the game tonight. That's all you need is big and strong. But some of these other ones, I don't know. I don't think it's as, as lopsided as they think it is. We'll see. I mean, as far as like endurance and stuff goes, I think, you know, I'm trying to think of all the women out there, but I'd put Casey up there as competing for, you know, being able to outrun most of the women. So I think that I'm there and, you know, uh, trivia, you know, and stuff like that. Like, see, I can't think off the top of my head who's like really good and really bad, but I feel like probably Devin's their best, you know, tr- uh, puzzle person. I feel like, Tori's not that far behind Devin. Like, I feel like. Really? I don't think so. Tori's not good at puzzles. Is she not? She's not. Okay. I could be. <laughs> See, I, I don't have a good memory of who is and isn't good at puzzles, but I feel like Tori was, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. No, I don't think Tori is. Although the, the, the chat room will certainly call me out if I'm wrong. They have no problem doing that. Obviously, you jerks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Carlin says, as long as you don't spend 20 minutes plugging a kid's movie. I'm actually very excited about Puss in Boots. 
Me too. I love Puss in Boots. I have a 10-year-old and a 6-year-old, and it's uh, one of the movies that we will definitely see in the theaters. Don't worry, Colleen. We're not going to do 20 minutes on it. We're only going to do 27. <laughs> That's right. And Carlin says, uh, yes, she agrees with me. Finally, the chat room's on my side about something. The teams are pretty evenly matched, other than like size and strength, which is, uh, which is true. Well, I'm sure at least out of their entire team, they have to have at least one good puzzle person on Fessy's team. I just can't think of who it would be. Anissa, probably. See, I was thinking her, but I was like, is she even good at puzzles? I guess she is. Like, She's pretty good at puzzles. Okay. Yeah, but she has to get there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's going to arrive there. So we get Jordan and Devin. They're outside. I think they're on the fire. And uh, I, I get the impression Devin was coming to Jordan to sort of make a deal, to sort of get a, gain his trust, to form, form some sort of alliance, get on the same page anyway on this team. Because it seems like Jordan doesn't really exactly trust Devin. Devin can be a little bit of a shady player. Was Devin, did Devin do the right thing by approaching Jordan here? I think so. You know, now that they're on the same team and they're arguably like the two, you know, heads of the team, they need to be on the same page. And you know, it's funny because I think with, uh, I think with Devin, like I have the same opinion of him. I think of him like, oh, he's a sneaky player. He's a snake. But as we were watching this, I was trying to think of examples of when he's done that. I'm like, no, I think he's right. I feel like, you know, he makes these like short term deals and other stuff, but he lives by those. He just, he doesn't give you his word till the end of the game. He'll just be like, I'll give you my word until this end point, And then yeah. I'm coming for you. I think it's generally that it's just sort of his attitude, I think, is what sort of screws Devin. I think so. I think people probably go home and they see him like making fun of them in confessionals. And then they go yeah. back and they're like, oh, I remember you saying stuff about me. And he stirs the pot. He's like the eight times nine guy. And he, yeah. you know, he, he just sort of trolls people and just sort of gets them upset and riled up for no apparent reason. Like with Michelle this season earlier when he yeah. got her all worked up. So I guess in that sense, he's sneaky. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if that's sneaky gameplay, but it's people look at that behavior as sneaky and they sort of apply it to his game. Because, yeah, I also can't remember a time where he made a promise and didn't honor it. It's more just that he's just sort of acts like a shithead. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, as the, so they're done talking. And now Devin uh, is trying to get Jordan to cut Tori some slack. Because Tori is still Devin's ride or die. I think he still cares for her. And Jordan is sort of being a little bit of a dick about this, saying like, She's made the rounds on national television, and he just can't seem to sort of let it go that this relationship is over. Uh, I do think Jordan's wrong here uh, in his approach with Tori, but what do you think? I don't know. I think, uh, I think you know, that he has been a bit of an ass to Tori, but I also think he's a bit justified. You know, like, I think a lot of the stuff he's saying, he should be able to feel and think and maybe talk like, with a you know a trusted friend in private and express those feelings, I just don't think he needs to be like saying it to Tori's face. Yeah, but you know, and even like tonight with Devin, that's his that's Tori's you know ride or die. So maybe it's not the best, but I feel like him just kind of expressing like, you know, like she hurt me and I'm feeling you know so like why should I be so concerned about hurting her? Like it, I I didn't hate him saying that to Devin. But if yeah. he went to Tori and said that to her face. I'd be like, well, that's kind of a dick move. You don't need to be like throwing it in her face. But he did that, right? He, he did said last that to, week. Yeah. yeah. So by the time he talks to Jordan, or I'm sorry, by the time he talks to Devin, it sort of has already played out. Like Jordan has sort of said what he needed to say. And it, by keep bringing, by continuing to bring it up, it just seems like sour grapes to me. Yeah. But I mean, he said what he had to say, but I feel like, you know, both of us being divorced, we could relate that there's times where, you know, you can't say your piece and next time you see the person, you could still be like, oh, I'm still like really riled up at you. Like, yeah, but that's like, that's a small person thing. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you should fight those urges. Shouldn't you? I guess. I mean, I, I fight the urges like, you know, to say stuff to people's faces, but then I definitely like, as soon as I leave, you know, I'll call one of my friends and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so frustrated with this person. Right. Like, let me vent to you. Why? Yeah. So we're, we're, we're saying the same things, I think. Yeah. I think we agree that he, he shouldn't have said it to Tori. That didn't solve anything. It didn't make, it didn't progress, uh, you know, solving this problem at all. But by saying it to Tori and then continuing to say it to others, it feels like, I don't know, it feels immature. And I, I don't know why. He just shouldn't have said it to Tori, I guess. Maybe that's, he have said maybe that's Tori, my no. hang up here. But now that he has said to Tori, I, I don't think that takes away his right to continue to be heard and complain to others. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. They rubbed me the wrong way slightly. but that's If it. you and I get in a huge fight, even though we hash it out, I'm still going to go out there and be like, oh my gosh, I got in a huge fight tonight. Let me tell you about why I'm annoyed. <laughs> yeah. All right. I get it. All right. You turn me around. That's the, that's the second time I've ever been wrong in this whole in my whole life. Um, Congratulations, okay. you've now been wrong as many times <laughs> uh, Nelson has won a challenge. Yes, exactly. All right, so uh, we're into the challenge, cha-cha. This one's called Last Life, and Antonio Banderas uh, announces it. Hey, I'll tell you what, Zach, if you'd have given me a million dollars to guess of a celebrity that presented this challenge, never in a million years would I have picked Antonio Banderas. Even if you knew that it was like a movie plug? Like challenge. an upcoming movie? Uh, I might have gotten it if you gave me like 50 guesses. Yeah. If I told you this is sponsored by Puss in Boots. <laughs> then I would have gotten it. Guess number okay. one. But why is Puss in Boots uh, <laughs> sponsoring the challenge? <laughs> it's a ch- children's movie. I what the fuck? It's funny because when I saw that pop up, I'm like, okay, either this is like a major thing for the challenge that they got Antonio Banderas or this is like an all-time low that they're like having to like bring in show sponsors to be like, you know, we really need more revenue and like attention. Right. Yeah, it was very weird. Uh, and we've had celebrity things before and I don't know, this this one seemed weird. And man, did they talk about Puss and Boots a lot. This whole challenge revolved around Puss and Boots. There was movie clips, there was just all sorts of shit. And now there's a bananas ad with Puss and Boots. Have you seen this fucking thing? I've not. It was on the MTV Challenge subreddit where he's, I don't know. You just Google it. It's fucking weird. <laughs> I never would have guessed that Puss and Boots would have like a weird uh, partnership with the challenge. Did like, I say what Puss and weird... Boots? Are you making fun of me? What, how do you say it? Puss? puss. Did, oh, am I saying Puss? You're saying Puss. Puss and puss Boots? That comes out That's like... a totally different movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bunch of people popping pimples into boots. I didn't know if maybe I said puss and you were making fun of me there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Colin says the ad played during the show. We didn't see it. I actually, we were actually able to like fucking fast forward some of these ads this night. Uh, yeah. Carlin says, yeah. Why are they sponsored by a kid's movie? I don't know. It's really weird. They must be targeting guys like me that they know are in their forties with children. And that's the crossover. Cause what else makes sense? It's a, it's a very weird crossover. Maybe. Or maybe they went to like, you know, Disney and were like, we want to put the new MCU movie in our show. And they're like, no. And they're like, well, who can we get? And Puss in Boots was like, all right, we'll show you some pity. And like, yeah, here's a couple dollars. Show our commercial go away. Yeah. So I guess that this was fencing because it looked kind of like it could be fencing. There was like a big, like a small bridge in between two larger platforms. And it looked like you could kind of fence somebody off, but it wasn't. It was just a wrestling thing. And that's uh, what I thought it would be when I first said. And then you kept saying fence. And first I thought you meant like a picket type fence. And I was looking <laughs> and I'm like, I don't see any fence on there. Like, But they had the fencing swords painted on the platforms. The, what do they call those? They have the hand guard thing on them, you know? the I forget what they call those things. 
but they were painted on the platform. Yes, I totally missed that first. And so I thought it was just rest. And then once you point that out, it's like, oh, maybe it's one of those ones where you have like the big foam, you know, yeah. hammers you gotta hit each other off. And I thought it would be something like that. Yeah, they they weren't giving them literal swords. I thought they'd no. hit them off with a with a rubber thing, you know, whatever. But anyway, it was just a just a wrestling challenge. Uh foils. Yes, thank you, Carlin. Those swords are called foils. Uh okay, so I have all the uh the battles here. It was Nelly versus Devin. This goes really predictably, right? The bigger the bigger team wins uh, pretty much exclusively with only one surprise win here. Yes. Uh, Nelly versus Devin. Nelly wins. Horacio versus Bananas. Horacio wins. What did you think about this, Banana fan? You know, I, I didn't think it was a big deal at the moment because I was like, oh my gosh, like as much as I love Bananas, I think both of us were rooting for the small underdog team to win. Yeah. So I was like, man, you know, like I want Horacio to win here. But then like, Fast forward to the end of the challenge, realizing that Bananas was the only person on his team to lose. I was like, ooh, that's not a good look for you, Bananas, like being <laughs> right. the one person to lose. Yeah. I mean, to lose to Horacio is not bad. This guy has proven himself to be a really good competitor. But yeah, Bananas is a seven-time champ that this rookie took him out, and he's the only member on his team that lost. Uh, so for, yeah, for a pretty good team, he's looking like a weak player on his team. He was. I was surprised that like we didn't see him get called out. I'm sure it probably happened. Like other people on his team probably gave him a hard time, but yeah, I thought we'd see them like grilling bananas. Like you're the weak link, dude. Yep. I thought too old. We get Chauncey versus Jordan. Chauncey wins, but Jordan had some really impressive moments where I was sure he was going over and he somehow stayed on the, the, the bridge. I don't know how he did it, but he couldn't hold that together for too, too long. Yeah, even uh, when he eventually fell off, we thought for a second there he was going to, like, matrix it and, like, yeah. twist his body to still, <laughs> like, ooze his way back up onto the platform. And it looked promising for a half second. It was like, oh, he's going to get it. Oh, no, he's not. He's done. He's done. I always root for Jordan in these things. He was, he was smaller going up against Chauncey, but I just thought, oh, Jordan can pull these things out sometimes. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, looking at all the guys up there, you know, I said at the start of the challenge, I'm like, can we just like send uh, Jordan out there for all four battles? Like, right. I thought he's the one that could possibly carry the team, but uh, unfortunately, no. No, this is a pure size thing. Even with Jordan's strat- strategic mind, it's you can't get over just somebody being yeah, not only a couple just, inches taller and yeah, the reach advantage heavier. and the weight advantage. Yep. Yeah. So our final matchup is uh, Fessy versus Kenny. And this made no sense to me until Kenny actually gets a confessional and says, basically, like, we figured why Fessy's going to beat anybody that we threw out there. So let's just have him waste his turn on me. Like, Fessy's going to win, but then he, you know, is not going to be able to beat anybody else for that round anyway. Uh, So sure enough, Fessy just destroys Kenny, and that was it. And then came down to Fessy versus Horacio, and Fessy wins that one too. Yeah, I think uh, their plan to put Kenny there to waste Fessy was a great idea until we realized that the very next round, Fessy could just be like, all right, I'll go again. Like, at that point, you didn't really waste his round. I mean, you know, he's still. Yeah. And I'm pissed at this because Fessy looks like a superhero here, and he doesn't deserve it. This is just, it is a pure size thing, and that's all. And Fessy acts like that's all it takes to win the challenge, but it's not. And, you know. I don't know. He got a big head about this, I think, and it rubbed me the wrong way. I will say the one thing that kind of frustrated me is I, I don't think any of the people on the losing team, uh, the guys at least, were wrestlers. Because when I was younger, I was I did wrestling in elementary school, and I just kept saying, like, drop your knee, shoot the leg. Like, 
but these guys were trying to stand up with the much bigger guys. I'm like, no, you got to go shoot the leg, take yeah. out the knee. Yep. Go low. Go low. All right. So that was the men. Uh, on to the women. We get Mariah versus Casey. Casey wins. Olivia versus Nani. And Zach, if I'm speeding through and you have something else to say about any of this, just let me know. But I feel like during the show, I was like, oh, I got to like point out these little funny things that like are meaningless, but we're fun. And I totally <laughs> forgot all of them. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I know one of them earlier was, uh, we kind of sped through it, but just a... Uh, Jordan having a huge hole in his shirt and like an oversized safety pin to hold it together. This guy has the weirdest fashion and he's an extremely good looking man and you know, whatever, but this mullet with the shaved sides of his head. Remember that one season where he was wearing overalls and the fucking weird ass, like Amish haircut. It's like, what is this guy doing with his face? Like, <laughs> like he's such a good looking guy and he's just ruining it with this weird shit that he wears. But that's Jordan. Uh, all right, so Olivia versus Nani. Olivia wins, and Nani uh, almost dies. Yeah, we see her <laughs> fall off, and it looks like for you know the first two-thirds of the fall, she's just completely head first. She gets a little bit of her body turned by the end, but I still think the back of her head took a lot of the impact. Yeah, and as she was floating there, I mean, at least her face was out of water. I remember when Leroy did this similar thing and his face was underwater and it was like, it seemed real dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Nani, it's like, at least she can breathe. She might be paralyzed, but she can breathe here anyway. But so she's like escorted off in an ambulance and stuff. She's shaking and trembling and her skin is a weird color. And this seems like a really scary thing. And Olivia says, Nani scared me for a second. She looked lifeless in the water. Yeah, she did. Flashbacks to Tony a couple seasons ago. Yeah, uh, I believe that was the bloodline season. When he ended up like, didn't he like fracture his spleen or something crazy like that? Yeah, he had to go like have emergency surgery and get removed or something like that. Yeah. So crazy. I, I felt like Nani was going to be okay just because, and I could be completely wrong about this, but I feel like if you're unconscious or like, you know, you're not with it, your body naturally tends to float in the way that you go face down. Yeah. So when I saw that she was sitting there floating face up and like didn't seem to be like, spinning or turning around i was like okay i think she's aware enough to keep her body you know face up right yeah i'm curious and i mean i know she comes back into the show later and she's fine i wish that it would have explained this a little bit like it's like she got a she had a panic attack or just a shock to the system or she just you know who knows what what would have happened but it seemed weird that it was like she fell she's escorted in an ambulance where she's like shaking and trembling and then back in the house i was like oh yeah i'm fine you're not going to explain? <laughs> There's no other explanation? Yeah, you know, kind I figured with all those symptoms and the fact we kind of saw her hit her head on the wire, I thought it had to be a concussion. But when she comes back, she specifically says no concussion. So Yeah. Yeah, so who knows? Maybe just knocked the wind out of her and she freaked and she was cold and borderline like hypothermic in the cold water. Like, who knows? But it would have been nice to be told. But anyway. So uh, Amber versus Tori, they're kind of goofing around. I think both of these people are just sort of goofballs. Yeah, and also pointed out that, you know, to to force a tie and, you know, cause a third round, they needed to have three of their people survive. And at that point, they'd already lost two of them. So there's no way they could win, no matter what. So I almost felt like, why keep the girls going at that point? Just, like, call it a challenge. Like, we already know who won. Yeah. You said that as we were watching, and I said, like, I don't think that they have necessarily lost. But I guess it didn't ever really explain it. Like, could the women have just won this all out? Well, they said, so it depends, like, they would have to, uh, comes down to who has the most lives left. So the men, 
they only the Wayne team only lost Johnny, so they had three lives left. So the women on the other team would have to finish with at least three of their women still in the game. Oh, I get you. Okay. So as soon as they lost two of them, no matter what, even if the other two took out the entire girls team, they'd still lose three to two. Right. Yeah, I can see that now. But they didn't stop the game. They let everybody battle each other. And I think that's part of why Amber and them were being, you know, silly at that point because they realized like this Neither. does this won't change the outcome. Yeah. So. Uh, we get Anissa versus Narice. Um, Anissa wins, if you can believe that. Anissa's three times the size of Narice. I was surprised they didn't send Anissa out first. Like, as soon as uh, the women got there, I thought, oh, you just, you know, you send Anissa out there first to just, like, you know, set the pace and just kind of take out, you know, any chance of them winning. Yeah. All right. So after this, uh, obviously, uh, Fessy's team wins. Uh, that's a no duh situation. And after they win, uh, TJ lets us know that this is a men's elimination day. The winning team will send one of the men straight into elimination and gives no further details. They let the everybody else kind of decide what that actually means for the rest of the game. This yeah. comes up, I think, most seasons. And Zach, I don't know how you feel about it. The challenge drives me nuts how they don't tell people the fucking rules of this show ever. <laughs> like yeah. and even when you think you know the rules then halfway through the season they're going to change everything and make new rules and you don't get to know those, those rules either um i think it's kind of bullshit what do you think i think from the player perspective it's bullshit i think from the viewer perspective i kind of like it you know we we're talking uh while watching a show i brought up what if their partner on the other team their ride or die goes home if they lose and i know you weren't a huge fan of that idea but i thought about that like how amazing would it be if they don't get an explanation? They throw in, uh, they throw in like Kenny to get rid of him, and then suddenly like Kenny loses, and they're like, "All right, Fessy, you just got rid of Casey. Like you took right. out your best friend, and you didn't even know you were, you were about to do it." Yeah, I can see that. That's like a TV, like a gotcha moment on TV. But we did that on Bloodlines, and the format sucked because really you you were never safe then, and that just meant the dailies didn't mean anything. Because even if your team won, you're still not safe. And, it, it, you know, at least if you lose, at least you can battle for yourself. If you are on the safe team and your partner goes home, you just kind of have to go home without having any chance to defend yourself. Um, I don't know. I didn't like that on Bloodlines. I wouldn't like that here. I understand, like, there's some controversy to that. And, like, it's a cool, like, sort of a, a twist. But I don't know. I'm not a fan. And I feel like in Bloodlines, you know, they kind of had their majority on both sides so they could control the vote. Whereas I felt with the way this, you know, cast was broke up into two teams, it wouldn't be nearly as cohesive if they knew that their partners were getting thrown in. Right. And I thought, you know, that might be the only way we get any real drama on Fessy's team. But luckily, it looks like even without that, there's already some cracks in Fessy's team. Yeah, that's the other thing that Fessy's team is full of a bunch of dramatic people that this is not going to be as strong as it goes. Uh, Olivia says, I swear TJ can just make up rules as it goes. If he doesn't like the outcome of it, he can just change the rules. Kind of agree. I don't think it's just TJ, though. I think it's all production. I think they can sort of, and I know we've talked about this, Zach, of like making rules to favor a player. I don't think they do that necessarily. But I do think they can make up rules and change the game to cause ex like additional drama and additional tension in the show. And I definitely think they do that. I think they can make changes as long as the lawyers can't look at it and say, okay, this this change impacts everyone equally and it's not right. like singling out certain players. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm sure it's more complicated than just like, oh, we want bananas to win, so we'll just change the rules for bananas. I think yeah. it's. I don't think it's. I don't think it's ever that specific. I think it's more just. Oh, we need to. We need people to start fighting. So let's throw this little bit of thing in there halfway through the game. You know. Yeah. So Joker brought up. Uh, I want your thoughts on this. Joker said he feels that Lonnie and Casey's relationship is a bit staged and not a real relationship. Um. I, I don't know enough to know, but I think I'm going to disagree only because I'm in part, I'm in that MTV challenge subreddit. I talk about it way too often, I'm sure. But people have talked about that. They run into Casey and Nani in public in places like uh, Walt Disney world mm-hmm. and like restaurants and stuff. They're hanging out outside of the show. They're with each other outside of the show, meeting fans and stuff in like seemingly random places. Unless this is all a production setup, they seem like they're together. Um, but I do think, I, I don't think that Casey is a dramatic person. And I think she sort of realizes like, okay, well, Nani might go home, but I'll see her next week. So I do think Casey might be playing it up a little bit. Yeah. And also, I mean, I think it'd be a bit overboard if she like jumped off the platform, and like swam over to immediately like, oh my gosh. It's like, I mean, as far as I know, she's not medically trained as a nurse or doctor EMT or anything. So it's like, she's not going to be able to do anything except, you know monitor her from her side or from on the platform right either way it's the same outcome yeah and i i I think she's just not like a super dramatic emotional person casey that's why we never fucking see her on the show you might piss off tj if you jump down and then they gotta like spend time getting you back up there yeah so she might have just been like i'm gonna let the fucking emts and lifeguards and stuff who are trained to do this stuff like do the stuff yeah no i definitely think the relationship is real too i know when it first started i was a bit confused because from my recollection, I don't recall Nani really showing any signs of being gay or bi before Casey. Like, maybe the kind of girl they'd go out, you know, go drinking, you know, kiss another girl, but nothing that, like, made me think, oh, she'll get into a serious multi-year relationship with a woman. Yeah. So when I first started, I was like, well, this is a bit odd. Where'd this come out, you know, come from Nani? Yeah, but I mean... <sighs> and I didn't think she ever, like, even when she started dating, Casey came out It's just like, hey, I'm with her now, and right. it is what it is. Like, I'm not putting labels on it, which, you know, I respect that, but... Yeah, I kind of think that's great. I mean, because, you know, this stuff is all fluid, and, like, we can just sort of be cool and accept people, and... I mean, I don't have a problem with them being together, and I don't have a problem with, with Nani not identifying as gay or bi or whatever she would need to identify as. Because we've seen this before. Like, Laurel did this with uh, Nicole... Yeah. Too. Um, people that we would have never expected, never seen or never, you know, but sometimes that thing just hits you right at that right moment, the right time, the right person and good for them. Yeah. 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 Whatever. I'm not going to, I don't know. Joker thinks it's not a real, real, a real relationship. I do think it is. Um, but I think that Casey is just a boring person and she just tries to be dramatic for the show sometimes. Yeah. You know, I, I, her brother's the same way, so I wonder if it's just the way they were raised. Yeah, I kind of think that. You know, I know, uh, I know some Asian families out there because I believe they're part Asian. Uh, that you know, they just come from a very stern parent household where it's just you know, you don't show a lot of emotion. You know, it's very just kind of mundane, mm-hmm. straightforward, right? Serious. Uh, all right. So before we get into the interrogation, we have one short scene of Kenny and Casey talking. I don't remember what they say. It's not really all that important. I just know that they were giving Kenny screen time. And long before this, Zach, and you can va- you can back me up on this, long before this scene, I said, I think Kenny's going home tonight. You did? 
Because Kenny's saying stuff this episode. <laughs> Kenny's like on screen sometimes. Yes. And he has uh, an opinion about things. We haven't seen Kenny for five seconds this whole season. And so the, when we start focusing on Kenny, it's like, all right, he's, he's going home. It's, it's, it's his time. And I probably should have caught that too, because I noticed during the show, like, I just started thinking, like, I have the sudden urge to punch Kenny in the face. And I think it's just because we haven't seen him on TV. But I do think he has a very punchable face. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. A little bit like bulgy eyes. <laughs> but the sweetest guy that's ever been in the challenge. Yes. According to absolutely. Had said it a couple times. Very sweet guy. Can you think of any men who have been on the show that might be sweeter? Ooh, sweet men. I wanted to think on that one. Who can you think of any sweet men off the top of your head? Mm-hmm. What about the David there? Come on, be my baby tonight. I mean, I think he's a sweet guy. I also think he could have a bit of a, you know, anger issues at times. Yeah. I don't know if you ever done the challenge, but I remember on The Real World, he kind of snapped a couple times. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking romantic. That's not sweet, exactly. Yeah, let me think on sweet. I can't I can't think yeah. of anything off the top of my head. I'm going I'm uh, to come back maybe to Maybe going back to the New Orleans season, uh, can't think of his name now, but uh, the gay gentleman from the New Orleans season. Danny. Danny. I, yeah. I'm trying to remember if he did a challenge. I think he did at least one. I think he did the... I do think he did one, too. I'm not going to be able to call I don't it. remember anything from his season like there, but I remember on The Real I always thought he was just a very nice, sweet guy. So I could see him. I think he was on chat room. Chat room, Google me. Google it. I think he was on the original Battle of the Seasons, like the one from the fucking early 2000s with Kelly. I think you might be right, yes. And Jacqueline throws out there Leroy's partner, Mike Mike, from Rivals 1. I almost said Mike Mike as you were talking. I thought, oh, Mike Mike probably qualifies for this. I feel like Mike Mike is one of those people that has, like, puts out the persona of a sweet guy. I think he's not a sweet, like, not in a mean way. But I think he's like the guy that's like, oh, Jilly Golly Shucks. And then he's like going back to the hotel room with Leroy and like having a three way. <laughs> well, he had that fit about the cookies in his bed or some shit. Remember when he threw a fit on Rivals about something? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He- Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I missed that guy. I feel like he's I'd a like th- to have him back. Yeah. He was fun. Yeah. I wonder what's happened. I mean, I asked Leroy once when I met him. I'm like, oh, what's up with Mike? He's like, oh, he's in the middle of like America growing crops. Yeah. Yeah. He talked about that on Rivals, too. He had, like, some pl- idea for corn or something. I yeah. don't even know. Uh, all right. Anyway, we're into, we're into the interrogation. We didn't know what to expect with this either, but it's the whole team, eight people, interviewing one person. That must be super intimidating to be the one person, right? It must be, yeah, to just sit there and, like, have everyone. And especially because the six people were on, a like, a raised platform. Yeah. So they were already above you, like, looking down upon you. 
Yep. So they interview these guys one by one. And um, so they, they talk to Kenny first. And Kenny basically says, like, he wants to go in. And he wants to go in against Horacio. And he's asking to be thrown in so that he can sort of pick the player that he wants to go against. And he would rather have the control if, of of being the, the house vote or the, the team vote instead of being forced to draw. What do you think of Kenny's approach here? I think it's a smart choice. I, and I feel like, I don't know if this is something Kenny enjoyed doing, if he wants to come back, but he hasn't done anything to deserve to come back. And I think kind of being the person to just say, instead of being the weak link on my team and having the other team drag me along, I'd rather kind of like call my shot, go in there. And if I win, you know, I prove myself to everyone here and also the audience. And if I lose, at least maybe they'll say, Hey, remember that when Kenny, like, you know, threw himself in and called some like out Horatio, who's been this amazing or Horatio. Right. Sorry, Chesky got me. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, I feel like at least he did something before he left. That That's like his one moment. I think he might be remembered for. That was sort of my impression too, of just, this was his, this was his moment. Like he's, he's one of four people and two of them are going in. He's got a 50, 50 shot of going in. He might as well just take his shot and just look like a definitive man instead of just being sort of thrown in. Yeah. And I, it, you know, like you said, there's so few options. I mean, you know, if you have two people you'd rather not go against, you know, try to at least, you know, go in there with the one you want and control that mm-hmm. as much as possible. Yep. Uh, so we get into Horacio, and his main argument to the the group is basically that he's not the strongest player on his team. He's a rookie. Uh, the players that are going in should be Devin or Jordan. Uh, not the biggest, not the best, not, I'm sorry, not the worst plea in the world. What did you think of this one? I mean, I think, I feel like at this point, the lines are pretty well drawn. So I think like where Devin's strength is, is in strategy and social game, and I think at this point, it's pretty much comes down to winning challenges and you're going to try to take out, you know, the best player from their team. So I feel like Hor- Horacio is the, you know, one of the best players on his team. Like mm-hmm. no shade to Devin, but I think Devin's skill set is not as useful as Horacio's is in this part of the game. I agree. The only, the only benefit that her, that uh, Devin has at this moment over Horacio is that uh, he's more of a proven player. Uh, we still don't know how, how Horacio is going to be politically as an, as a rookie. It's like hard to do anything politically. Um, we've seen him do some puzzle stuff, but not too much. We haven't, we've never seen him do eating. We've only seen him do one endurance thing that he got super pissed off about. So he's sort of this unknown element. Um, whereas Devin is a little more known. Um, so that's mainly the argument here, I guess, but it's not super convincing. I don't think anybody was super convinced either that, Devin is stronger than Horacio. I think most people are like, really? I don't think that's true. But that was his argument. Uh, We get into Devin. Devin doesn't have much of an argument here. Uh, He just tries to not give any answers. Um, He's fully noncommittal. He won't really say anything or won't commit to anything. He doesn't really even answer their questions. (laughs) What do you think about this approach? I think he did a good job because I feel like I felt like he was giving answers. But then he's like, well, I'm not really giving answers. But to me, I'm like, I guess I'm just reading into what he's saying and thinking he's giving me more than he really is. Yeah. He was very evasive. And I think this is what, when people call him a snake, it's shit like this. Yeah. He didn't really lie. Yeah. 
but he didn't really tell the truth either. He was sort of in this weird middle ground. Yeah. So like, you know, when they asked him about, oh, you know, Kenny versus Jordan, and he said, I'm a team player. I'm going to do what's best for the team. I'm like, okay, so you're saying you would protect Jordan without directly saying it. Right. But then he's like, well, I'm not, I'm not telling them anything. It's like, so am I that smart that I'm reading what you're saying and figuring it out? Or are you just manipulating me? Right. Manipulating them. <laughs> I really think that's what it is. And that's why people think he's a snake. It's, and he's not doing anything wrong. He's not lying. He's not being inauthentic, but he's not being forthright either. He's sort of in this weird gray zone here. Uh, I almost don't know how necessary it was, though, because if he came out there and said, you know, like, Jordan's one of our stronger players, I'm going to protect him, I think they'd be like, well, obviously, like, we assume that. And if he says, Jordan's one of our strongest players, I'm going to get rid of him, they're going to be like, no, you're not. You're dumb. Like, right. we know you're not that dumb. Yeah. So he just, his best strategy was just say nothing, which is kind of what he did. I guess, I just feel like, I mean, it's definitely good for entertainment, but I feel like I don't know if he gained anything from the way he did it. Well, he didn't go in. He didn't. So, he did all right. Yeah. But <laughs> I, mean, I, I think people kind of left that expecting him to save Jordan if he drew the dagger. So, I feel like if he'd gone in there and been like, yeah, if I draw the dagger, I'm saving Jordan, they would, same outcome, just less yeah. entertaining TV. Right. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of Jordan, we get Jordan in there. Um, I liked Jordan's approach here. He's kind of argumentative and kind of dismissive of them. He kind of, it's intimidating, right? To sit in front of eight people and sort of have them come at you. And he sort of take the offensive stance and he's like, fuck you guys. I know you're wanting to throw me in. I know you want to get rid of me. I'll go in. Whoever you throw against me, I'm going to beat them. I'm going to come back. I'm going to be mad at you. My team's going to be stronger because I'm going to take somebody out. He just sort of came in and was just on the offense. What did you think of that? And once again, it's good TV. Um, I feel like, I mean, the teams are so small. I feel like, you know, even if we throw in Jordan, sure, he'll come back pissed at us. But there's like, you know, there's six of us here. So you're going to be mad at six of us. Like, you know, if you're mad at the whole house, you're not mad at anyone. Right. Like. Yeah, I'm not sure that was the best part of his his ploy here of just like i'm gonna be mad i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna take you guys out because so yeah somebody's gonna come back mm-hmm. and his team his his power is limited because he's on a, a team but i do think his attitude of just like whatever throw me in if you want i'm gonna beat whoever you throw me in like you're not gonna take me out yeah just not showing i'm not scared i'm i'm fine i'm gonna win that might give people a second look of just like well do we really want to use jordan to take out a kenny or put some more even players together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think you kind of realize, you know, once you realize whoever's in the dagger draw is probably going to protect, you know, their strongest person they can. Like, you know, you're probably going to get at least one weaker person in the elimination. So if you throw in your strongest, you're just putting them in against them. You know, it's going to be weak and they'll probably win with ease. Right. All right, so after the interrogation, we're back in the house. Uh, hey, Nani comes back. She's fine. Yay. No, nobody makes a big deal out of it. It's just sort of like, hey, what's up? And oh, guess, and Ryan's here. What's up, Ryan? I mean, Johnny and Kenny, or Johnny, Johnny and Kenny, Johnny and Nani, Johnny and Casey made a bit. <laughs> I finally got there. Was it, say it again, Johnny and Casey what? Johnny and Casey made a bit of a big deal when she returned. Like, Oh, yeah. Well, they're excited, but it was. Yeah. I, it's the same thing. I just wish they would have said like, oh, yeah, I... 
shock system from the water, whatever. Just give us something. It just seemed weird that it was just sort of like, oh yeah, she's fine. It's, it's yeah. all good. Let's pull up uh, Nani's Twitter, see if she tweeted anything. No, don't go to Twitter on my Wi-Fi. <laughs> People are going to know. I'm not on your, I don't have your Wi-Fi password. <laughs> oh shit, I'll give you my Wi-Fi password. Um, I'm kidding. You can go on Twitter on my Wi-Fi, but, uh, but Twitter is terrible, right? And uh, yeah, Ryan says, what about her twitching though? I thought she was a goner. Yeah, Ryan, when she's being escorted out on an ambulance and she's seizing up and her skin is green and stuff. Yeah. And then she just comes back and I was like, oh yeah, it was fine. It's no, no big deal. I don't know. Weird. Tell us something that happened. Okay. So we're in a party night. So I think Nani might have deactivated her Twitter. Good. I've seen it. Good riddance to Twitter. Everybody should do that. I like Twitter. Well, you're wrong for that. That's how I get a lot of my challenge news. <laughs> <laughs> Reddit. Reddit's the place. Uh, it's a party night. Yes. Okay. So that's, <laughs> this, is one, this is one small thing that I saw that annoyed me. That I was like, oh, I got to bring it up. Did you notice when they were leaving the house, Fessy and what he did? No. So as they're walking out of the house, Fessy walks out first. And they had it split up to where Fessy's team came out directly behind him. And then the losing team was behind them. And Fessy walks out and he turns around and he does this wide arm stance. Like, look at my greatness that I have created. Oh, my God. And it just, it stuck out of me and annoyed me because he's like presenting them like my masterpiece. He's just the fucking worst. I hate this guy. I didn't even see that. I was, must have been typing notes. Yeah. Um, Olivia and Carlin in the chat room both think that she had uh, hypothermia. They're saying hyperthermia, but I think they mean hypo. Hyperthermia is when you get too hot. Look at me correcting the chat room. I'm educating the world tonight. Hypothermia is when you get too cold. Thank you very much. Uh, And yeah, it could have been a real issue. That's what I mean. Hey, tell us, guys, right? I mean, Ryan, we discussed that earlier before you popped in, but we think, one, TJ might have been annoyed if she jumped down because then they have to reset. And also, like, as far as I know, Casey doesn't have any medical training, so there's nothing she's going to be able to do down there that she can't do from up on the platform. Right. Yeah, Casey shouldn't have dove dove down there. Yeah, no point in that. I'd Uh, be annoyed if I was one of the girls up there competing, if we had to be like, all right, you know, I don't know how long it takes for them to reset and get everyone back up there. Yeah. But if I had to sit there and wait for Casey to be brought back up, I'd be annoyed. Yeah. So at this party night, we see uh, Fessy and Tori. They're talking. And Tori is desperately trying to save Jordan and Devin. Uh, trying to talk to Fessy and make some sort of a deal. Something like, uh, if you've saved Jordan and Devin, maybe they'll save you next time. And Fessy just basically tells, to- tells Tori, like, go work that out. If you can work that out, like we're good. So then Jordan, or I'm sorry, Tori then goes to Jordan to talk, trying to make Jordan say that he'll save Fessy. We never see if Jordan commits to that or not, but that is sort of what's at play here in this uh, party scene. Zach, is this a good strategy from Tori? What's going on here with Tori trying to save these two men? I mean, I think she feels like both of them would not vote her into elimination. So it's good from her aspect. I just don't know, like, the benefits it presents to anyone else. Obviously, she's going to try to pitch that, you know, like, if we protect you, you protect Fessy. But, like, I don't know if they would, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know. If I, you know, Fessy said, like, I don't necessarily think this is the right move for me, but I got to show, like, you know, Tori that I have a little bit of trust in her and I'm a team player. But I feel like if if you're in Fessy's position, you're like, this is not my best move. 
you don't need to, you know, like surpass that to accommodate her. Yeah. Just be like, hey, if you don't want to vote them, that's fine. I still think it's my best move. Yeah. I think this this proves what a weak player Fessy is. Because he is still looking out for himself. Even though now it is turned from a ride-or-die game to a team game, he is still only looking for his own safety. He's making Tori negotiate for his safety, which is ridiculous. Like, what's going on here? It's just more like bad Fessy attitude stuff. And I'm even more pissed off than it seems to have worked. Uh, but anyway, so we're back to the house. Um, not much happens in the house other than Nani and Casey talking to Kenny. And Kenny just is basically confident. He's like, yeah, I'm probably going to go in and I'll just do my best. I'll probably win. Um, and they seem to support him in this. Yeah. And I think even if you don't think you're going to win, you got to have that mindset. Because if you walk into there expecting to lose, you probably will. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, so we're into the elimination. Elimination. So this is a little weird, right? So uh, TJ brings in the four players that need to go in. Uh, they're down with him in the sand. They look up and uh, TJ says, all right, Fessy, uh, who are you sending in? And Fessy turns around to his team and he's like, uh, guys, what are we doing? Who are we going to throw in? Uh, shouldn't they have done this? <laughs> shouldn't they have figured this out before they're fucking standing there? They should have. Yeah, that seemed very awkward that like they didn't have a game plan. But I think, you know, they probably they probably had a plan of throwing Jordan in. And then Tori started to change that to Horacio. Yeah. And it's probably just one of those things of like, well, we have multiple plans on the table. Which right. one are we going to go with? I think this is where we see Fessy being just a piss poor leader. Like he wants to be the leader. He wants to own this team, but he cannot manage the team. And he's got people kind of pulling in different directions and he's looking for direction. And I just, I do think Fessy's just sort of a follower. Fessy's looking for somebody to tell him what to do. And because he's not a good leader, Everyone on his team is sort of confused. They should have, they should have figured this out well before they got there, and instead they're huddled up like a fucking survivor, a live tribal, where they're like huddled around, like what are we doing? Anyway, they end up throwing in Horacio. Yeah, and uh, Olivia, to answer your question about does anyone think Kenny had a chance at all? I don't think we're we'll going into it. You and I really thought he had much of a chance, but I think it was uh, Jordan that claimed, you know, on that last door that they were pretty close. So maybe, you know, Kenny was only one or two behind him. Maybe Kenny did have a shot, but yeah, I don't think we expected that going in. I don't think I, I don't think I had a strong prediction of Kenny versus Horacio. This seemed like, a, this seemed like, yeah, whoever can work a wrench better. And we've seen people surprise us of just like, oh yeah, I used to throw wrenches in my dad's garage and you know, whatever. They can just sort of do this stuff. Yeah. Um, I, did, I, I don't. I don't think I had a strong opinion. Going I did on. think at the start of the challenge when they did the the cutout to you know Horacio being like, oh yeah, I've worked construction for this many years. I'm like, oh okay, so he's gonna win. Yeah, and we've seen that with Jordan did the same thing with a sledgehammer. Like, yeah, I work with a sledgehammer all the fucking time. <laughs> I swing sledgehammers all the time. Uh, Ryan says he thinks it's a, a charade, and the five had a plan, and Chauncey, Olivia, and Nelson were left out. I think if that were true, Fessy would have just said Horacio. Why would he have called a powwow? On the spot. So, because I think they want him to think that, like, they are a unified group and that their decision had been made. So that way, those three would, uh, you know, feel like there aren't decisions being made without them. Yeah. But I did find this very interesting. I'm glad Ryan brought it up is 
you know, we, we saw, you know, we, we know the history of Nelson and uh, Fessy. We even saw earlier this season that debate about, you know, do I save my girlfriend from elimination or do I save my boy Fessy? And it seems like it's odd that now that they're in these two groups, Nelson is being left out by Fessy, but someone like Bananas seems to be in with Fessy. Right. It's because Fessy has no loyalty. He doesn't. It. Yeah. But it's also weird because I feel like, you know, even if he doesn't have loyalty in Nelson, I feel like Bananas is not someone that Fessy's, you know, jumping at the bit to go align with. So right. it's interesting that it seems like he is part of the majority group. Yeah. I just think it comes down to Fessy being a bad strategic player. Um, this what are we doing makes the team seem weak. It's kind of pathetic. It shows a, a, the cracks in the team in a very visible way. Everybody saw that nobody knows what's going on, that it's just sort of chaos. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just don't think they presented a, a, a team unity strength position coming into this first elimination. And I think that was their goal is to present that. Because, I mean, you know, you said why not just if they know it, say it. But I feel like if you're Nelson and uh, they're like, oh, yeah, we just found her roster, and you're like, wait. No, we didn't. Be like, oh, yeah, we made that decision without you guys. Right. Then you're going to be like, wait, that's not right. But they should have done that before the eliminate, before they're standing there on the deck. You know what I mean? Like, that yeah. should have, that was a conversation that should have happened in the, in a more intimate place, in the bedrooms or something. Not in front of literally every single person in the game and the host of the fucking TV show. <laughs> it's the worst yeah. possible place for it. But I do want to say, I do feel like, just the way things look from the outside looking in, it, it feels like Nelson would be in a really good position. So I'd like to just give a shout out to uh, Wolfie's favorite player, Nully, <laughs> that he seems to be on the outside and he instantly recognized it. Yeah. Because I could see him being like, oh, yeah, you know, Fessy's my boy. Like, he's got me. But it seems like, you know, Fessy's acting sketchy and he immediately caught on. He's like, I don't know if Fessy's been on the up and up with me. Yeah. Good old Nelly pulling it together this season, man. Yeah. Strategic guy. Wolfie's going to be so proud. Yeah, that's his favorite. That's his favorite. So is going straight in. Uh, the other three, Zach, you called it during one of the commercial breaks. I said, Zach, what's going to happen though? Like one dude's going in, but is it like he can call out anybody? He can call out a dude from the other team. They can maybe switch teams, whatever. We have no real idea what's going to happen to the other three players until this moment. It's and it's the dagger pull. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I feel like. That works for now. I guess it depends how how many challenges people win because you got to think like they could do this once for the men and the women and have a traditional dagger pull. The next time you know this this team loses for the men, it's gonna be a dagger pull where it's just the loser automatically goes in. Right. And after that, like it would just be you know those two automatically go in. So I think this might last four episodes at most because after four episodes, you're gonna have that situation where the dagger pull is irrelevant. Right. Yeah. So we're just going to kind of play it by ear because if the, if, if uh, Mariah's team loses again, well, I guess then it's a woman's. Yeah. The next men's team, if Mariah's team loses again, there's only three of them. So the dagger pull doesn't even really work. Yeah. Instead of then. picking some of the save, it's just you either pick safe or you go auto win. Right. Yeah. So it kind of gets silly. So yeah, we don't, we don't really know again, be nice to know the rules that would kind of help with, uh, coming up with some sort of strategy moving forward but so, we're we're into the dagger pull the other three guys are there Devin pulls first and he pulls safe safe so i must have zoned out for a second because i don't get this at all but ryan says tim is so conservative intimacy isn't just for the bedroom <laughs> what's because i said that 
Fessy and Nelson should have had this talk in a bedroom or something, oh. like in a in a more intimate setting, and gotcha. like a one on one, like in front of every single player in the game is not the right place for this. Like it's just not. It just makes them look really weak. It makes Nelson feel uh, outside of the group. I don't. Yeah. I just feel like if Fessy would have approached him in a more in a, you know. I keep saying the word intimate. Yeah. In a one-on-one situation where they can sort of talk. Um, I think the part of this makes Nelson feel a little less safe. Speak of intimate between those two, the thought of those two having like an offspring together is scary. Nelly and Fessy? Yeah. Like just imagine like them saying like, you know, being as horrible as Fessy and saying stupid Nellyisms. <laughs> That'd be great. I would love that. I'd like the Nellyism parts. I wouldn't like the the mini Fessy. Yeah. So here's my here's my thing with Devin, right? So he pulls the safe dagger, right? Yes. I have a theory. Okay. That he fucking knew that was the safe dagger. That from up there where everybody where all the players were, he had watched people pull the safe dagger and he spotted something that was different on that safe dagger and he knew what he was pulling. I really do believe that. And I believe that because I think that he also did that on Rivals 3, which we did not cover on this podcast. But remember, that was when he kept pulling the safe things over and over and over again to stay out of elimination. He figured it out. He figured out a way that when he he put his hand into that blind bag, he could feel a difference in the dice. He'd feel something. He could see a difference on this thing, too. I really believe that. Because even when his confessional, he said, like, yeah, I knew I was going to pull the safe one. I knew I was going to do that. I just think he knew. Chat room, chime in. Did did Devin know what he was doing here? And we are coming off, you know, two weeks in a row. I believe it's two weeks in a row uh, that Johnny pulled safe first. Yeah. So that's three people who pulled full safe. So I could believe and it's they might have identified smart something, people. Identified something that sets it apart. Yeah. We saw that too on uh, free agents. Johnny Riley knew which was the was the what was and wasn't the kill card. Johnny Riley kept pulling the safe every time, you know, to flip those cards. Did So I remember him doing that, but I guess I don't remember him ever talking about figuring out. I thought he really just did have dumb luck. I don't believe in dumb luck on the challenge. <laughs> I think that especially these smart players, bananas, Devin, I think that they spot these things and just keep it to themselves and, and use it to their advantage when they can. I really believe Devin knew what he was doing here. I really do. Uh, Ryan says no. He didn't think about it. It was just staring at the swords and they were all standing there if you watch. Oh, so De- maybe Ryan is on my side. Olivia thinks there might be a pattern of where the safe dagger is. Oh, Ryan does agree with me. Sorry, I'm yeah. reading the chat room in reverse order. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think Jordan or uh, Devin knew here. Yeah, the fact that we've had three in a row get pulled first. I mean, yeah. I think after three, you're like, eh, that, that doesn't seem like coincidence anymore. Yeah. And it could be a paint chip. It could be something extremely subtle that we'll never see on television. But I really believe the players have figured, some of the players have figured this out. I almost wonder, because, you know, I don't know, like, what you could do. But, like, it'd be smart if, because uh, I think John, you know, both Devin and Johnny went into, like, early elimination draws. If you could, like, you know, pull the dagger and you get the safe one, it's like purposely do something to it, like leave a mark. Oh, so that a way in the fingernail future, scratch on it or something. Yeah, put a scratch on it or something, like chip part of it off. Yeah. Do something to, like, identify it so that way in the future you know to look for that. Right. Yeah, that'd be a smart way to do it for sure. So either way, Devin pulls the safe dagger. Whether he knew or not, it doesn't matter. He pulls it. 
And he uh, very predictably saves Jordan. There's no chance he's going to not do that, right? That's the only move that makes sense here. Yeah, you and I talked a little bit, and I suggested that, you know, by saving Kenny, you know, if they lose again on a men's day, it gives him a potential layup because at that point, the dagger will be 50-50. I don't think, you know, Devin would want to face Jordan, so he has a chance to get Kenny, get a layup, survive an extra round. But yep. I, I don't think you can sacrifice the best move for the team just for yourself there like yeah maybe you know if if this was to you know if they won today and then they lost the next men's thinking okay we're, we're probably gonna go back to normal teams soon maybe i could do something sneaky like that then but not on the very first challenge of teams right yeah i agree and also you know they had that conversation earlier where Devin seems can seems intent on proving he's not a snake um, he made this sort of deal with Jordan, so he's going to redeem this deal. He's going to keep his team as strong as he can. Like, this just seems like a no-brainer. Of course, he saves Jordan. Yep. Uh, okay, so this game is called Breaking Barriers. From the top, it looks like a hall brawl. It's really just one big hall, like a, a hallway. I, know. I, I saw the hallway, and I saw the axe, and I was like, hall brawl just got amazing. They're going to, like, <laughs> chop each other up. They're going to murder each other. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't that so, but it was a big hallway with a button in the middle. First guy to the button wins it, but there are these like walls in the middle that you have to punch down, kick down, use a, a fucking, what do they call those th big scissor things? Um, bolt, bolt cutter. cutter. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and an ax and, and kind of chop and make their way through these and a wrench, uh, make their way through these obstacles. So going in, this is one that like, it's not about who's the strongest necessarily. It's not about who's the fastest. It's really, this could be a coin, a coin toss, I think. Yeah. I didn't have a favorite going into this. Did you? No, I, I felt like most of it was pretty even. Uh, I thought, you know, the axe somewhat, you know, based on your strength, how hard it could be to, you know, cut through. But it seems like the wood wasn't that thick. It seemed like, you know, or maybe Kenny's just stronger than I give him credit for it. But he seemed to cut through pretty easily. I did think probably the biggest test of strength might be the bolt cutters, just because I feel like it's probably not, you know, easy to cut through a bolt. It's probably, you know, you got to put some muscle behind it. Yeah. So I did think that might be the one area that strength would come into hand. Right. But I said it earlier, too. There was a couple scenes of Kenny where it's like, that guy's not small. He had no. big arms and big shoulders and stuff. Like, yeah. he's smaller than a lot of these guys, but he's clearly in shape. He's clearly strong. He's, he works out. He's athletic looking. I don't know. It didn't, it didn't seem like super mismatched here. Yeah, I think he's on the short end. So I think he's just short and stocky. And so it doesn't really like show as well as, you know, being taller with more defined muscles. Right. Um, but either way, he would have no problem working a bolt cutter. I mean, that's like 40 pounds worth of force. Like It's not like a huge amount of force that you need on those. I knew he was going to do fine on these. I yeah. think it came down to just sort of comfort level with a lot of these tools, the wrench especially. Yeah, and it did seem kind of... Uh, the biggest, I think, divider was the very first wall where they had to punch and kick their way through it. Yeah. And Kenny seemed to struggle there. Right. I feel like once he got the tools, he was fine. But when he had, just had to use his strength, yeah, it was harder. It's weird to me with like any of these drywall things when men start punching the drywall. It's like, why would you do that? Use your knees and stuff. Like Your legs are way stronger than your arms. Almost everybody. Oh, that's true of almost everybody. It's really weird when people start punching drywall. Yeah. And, I, and I'm guessing they couldn't use the tools till they got inside. Because I told you, like, I would have just grabbed the axe and, like, cut yeah. the drywall to begin with. I would have lowered my shoulder. I really think you could just back up four feet, lower your shoulder, and just go. I think you probably would be through it. 
drywall is not that hard to break through. Um, but I did like the song Break Stuff by Limp Biscuit. I think their 90s kids out there love that Break Your Fucking Face Tonight song. Yes. What a song. Uh, we always love the challenge music these days. It's great, isn't it? It oh, is. Oh, man. Were you into Limp Biscuit? Did you have a Limp Biscuit phase? I mean, I wasn't huge into them, but I always appreciate You know, I like the mostly just the uh, Chocolate Starfish, you know, album. But uh, beyond that, I wasn't a huge fan. But yeah, like Break Stuff, Nookie, all that. Faith. Good. Faith cover. Faith. Oh yes, <laughs> I was obsessed with Faith for some reason. I'm pretty sure I knew that version of Faith before I knew the George Michael one. Like I think I heard <laughs> through MTV that it was a remake, and I was like, "Oh, let me go back and listen to the old one." <laughs> Very different songs. It was. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's it for the uh, elimination. Horacio wins it. Uh, every everybody made it seem like it was close. I don't know. We never got a a, a shot of how well Kenny was doing on those bolts. I'm not sure how close it was. But either way, Horacio wins. Yeah, I mean, they say it's close, but then we do see, you know, once Kenny leaves, TJ tells Horacio, like, oh, I didn't want to sit in front of Kenny because he's so sweet, but, like, that was a total domination. So yeah. I don't know how close it really was. Yeah, they were both on the last door, but, yeah, we don't know. I think we maybe. don't know how many yeah. bolts separated them. Creative editing to make it look closer than it was. Yeah. But I think TJ gave that away. Could have been. Um, TJ seems to really like Kenny. Calls him sweet a couple of times. Uh, which is a little weird. Um, so after that, it seems like everything's the way it always is. The teams kind of leave the arena, the zone, sorry. Get in the zone. Auto zone. They leave the auto zone. And um, then TJ calls Kenny back into the zone. And Kenny seems as confused as we are as viewers. And TJ says, hey, as long as Casey's in the game, so are you. Zach, what's this mean? I think it means, you know, that uh, if both members of a team get eliminated before they switch from uh, teams of, you know, two teams of large amounts back to their rider dies, then your team goes home. But if at least one of you makes it to that point, everyone that was voted out from your team comes back and is back in the game. Yeah. Just another little wrinkle in this. And yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what this means. Um, it'll be weird to me if, you know, three people make it to the final and all of a sudden it's like oh wait here's three more that don't deserve to be here so this we're we're at episode 10 right of a 19 episode season yeah it is hypothetically possible that we don't see kenny again until the final if casey keeps winning right as with the knowledge we have right now we could see kenny in the final even though he's limited halfway through the game it is possible like i said i think just because of the way things work with the draw and the number of people I give this four episodes, you know, so three more after this. And I think after that, they'll revert back into their ride or die pairs. Okay. So I, I think we got at least three more weeks without Kenny before he returns. If Casey makes it if that Casey far. If Casey makes it that far. So it's possible that at the end of this three weeks, nobody's eliminated. That is possible. Yes. <laughs> That's some fucking bullshit too. I hate this stuff. Carlin says in the chat room, I hate redemption houses. Uh, ditto. It makes things really frustrating. Like when Paulie and Natalie got to the final of final reckoning, even though they spent 80% of the game in the redemption house. I think it's a, I, I don't know. I don't like it either. I, I feel like once you're eliminated, you're done. And if they're going to, if there is a redemption house, everybody should know about it and know the rules of it. To have a hidden secret redemption house is bizarre and weird, and I don't think I like it. I have mixed feelings because I, I can definitely see the frustration of, you know, like, you want things to be final, and if you lose, you lose. No second chances. But I do think, you know, when uh, 
Johnny and Nani went to the redemption house that, you know, the first time they did it, that scene where they walk back in and everyone reacts is one of the greatest challenge moments, like top 15, top 10. Yeah. Just seeing Wes's face drop and Leroy get all excited. So I'm hoping we get another moment like this. Like, could you imagine if they get someone like a Jordan out of the game and then suddenly Jordan just walks back in and that entire team is going to freak out? Yeah, I mean, I like the freak out moments. I know exactly what you're talking about, that exit season. Wes got fucked on that exit season because he was playing a perfect fucking game. And he was the only one that didn't get the benefit of the Redemption House. When he went home, he went straight home. Everyone else went to the Redemption House first. Not cool. And these that this is what I mean when like Challenge has these weird rules that you don't ever really know about until you're halfway through them. I don't know. I don't know. It makes me feel weird that these Redemption Houses are stupid. Carlin says she really dislikes this twist. Uh, I agree, Carlin. Um, I'm going to keep watching, of course, but I'm, yeah. I'm souring on this season halfway through as I usually do because these seasons should be 13 episodes. <laughs> you know, now we'd, we're, we're halfway through at 10 and I'm getting frustrated. And I know I shouldn't feel this way, but I think to me, a lot of it's going to be results oriented. Like, you know, if, if someone like Johnny gets eliminated and then comes back because of this, you know, I'm going to love it. Now, if like the grand total out of all of this is we get Kenny back, I'm going to be like, okay, that's kind of a dumb twist. Yeah. All that. And we just got Kenny back. Who cares? Right. It feels like from an MTV perspective, it's desperate to just hold on to the challenges that are still there. Don't let's not eliminate anybody. Let, you know, cause we were, we were eliminating two, two people per episode until tonight where now it's down to one person per episode, but now it's actually down to zero. Cause Kenny's not even in, he's not even out of the game yet. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird that after three, four episodes, we might not have eliminated anybody. Yeah. That, then we'll need to purge or something. That, I mean, I can understand from a player perspective how annoying that would be. Even from a viewer perspective, if, if you know, four weeks from now, we have the exact same number of people we had from tonight, you know, that would be kind of a pointless month of programming. But uh, I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah, there's that limited upside. And you just got hope for that limited upside. Right. We'll see how it we'll see how it goes. Uh, Ryan said the challenge puts a premium on winning either dailies for safety or elimination to never leave. Unlike Survivor Big Brother, that puts the premium on politics. Uh, yeah, so this takes away that premium, right? You can lose and stay in the game. Uh, it's kind of shitty, and especially Kenny, like he's going to stay in the game and not do anything. All he has to do is hope that Casey stays in it, and then he's back in it too. I don't know, kind of garbage. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, not super thrilled about it at the moment. But there it is. Uh, well, that's the episode, Zach. It is. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else, but I think that was everything big and important. Very much missed my goal of wrapping this up in less time I mean, than it took to watch the TV show. I mean, you're wrapping up in like... Well, I guess if we don't like count commercials, we probably <laughs> went longer than the show. I, we always go longer than the show. Yeah. Uh, but that's it for this episode of Challenge, guys. Hey, join the Facebook group. That's the best place on the internet to talk about the challenge. You can talk to me and Zach and Wolfie uh, on the good old Facebook group. Join the Patreon. It's a lot of fun. The $10 tier, you get to do the watch along with, like we did this last weekend where we watched um, Most Dangerous Game with CT and a bunch of other uh, B-rated celebrities. That was fun. Next month, we're going to do a uh, trivia event. So join the $10 tier if you want to participate in that. It's a lot of fun. For $1 a month, you get exclusive access to pre-shows and after-shows, literally years worth of content on the pre-show and after-show front. If you like hearing us talk about things other than the challenge, that's where you do it. 
$2 a month, same thing. Pre-shows, after-shows, live chat. That's where Ryan, Joker, Carlin, Olivia, Jacqueline. Who else has been in the chat room tonight? Joker. Uh, Did I say Joker? Uh, no. Do you say Olivia? Yeah, I think you say Olivia. Yeah. Uh, all these people, it's good to see you. Uh, you can join the Discord, too, at $2 a month. You can chat with us there. For $5 a month, uh, we say your name. So thank you to Alphonse, Alvin, Carlin, Christopher, Daz, Greg, Jamie, Joker, Julie, Kahuna, Catherine, Katie, Leanne, Martez, Nicole, Olivia, Olivia, Patty, Rolden, Ryan, Sarah, Scott, Seth, Shagar, Stan, Zach. All you $5 people, you're great. Yay, that's me. That's you. And uh, also, normally for $5, we have a video. Uh, I didn't do that tonight. No. I just made the decision. I just didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, everybody. Um, and the $10 a month tier, uh, we talked about that. Watch-alongs, Q&As, meet and greets, all that fun stuff. Hopefully you don't get angry emails about the lack of video. Yeah. I do, I, and I do know my friend <laughs> Ainsley, who uh, her husband's out of town tonight, so she won't. She was not watching or listening live, but she always does the video. So oh, there's a good chance a, tomorrow I'm going to. She's off the list. She's really? Not, yeah, she's not on there. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, we're going to have a conversation tomorrow. <laughs> Talk to her. Yeah, she's not like... Uh, all right, well... I guess that's it. Oh, leave uh, leave iTunes reviews. We have not had any this season. I feel like we had one, didn't we? Oh, we had one call. Yeah, because I had... talked about Sally. It was somebody named Sally left one. Sally, but there's also one. Maybe it was Sally. Wasn't there one that was like something ridiculous about like... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I can't remember what it was about. Oh, Nani and Casey? Yes. Being their favorite couple or something yeah, like that? Something like that. It's yeah, just like completely like unrelated and silly. And yeah, we had a weird one. But really, so... Uh, ratings for this season have not been well, not been not been good. And when the ratings for the MTV show are bad, the the downloads for this show are also bad. <laughs> That's well, how that goes. I don't know if the people listening know this, but uh, there is a capability when you're listening to our podcast to copy and paste the link to it. So uh, send the link to some of your friends so they can download oh, and listen and absolutely help us out. Very helpful. Zach, social media stuff. Anything happening this week? Uh, yes. Um, Stephen Bear, as we mentioned last week, oh, went yeah. to trial. 
yeah. uh, for revenge porn. And as of yesterday, he was found guilty on all charges. Good. Um, I've not seen. I don't think they've done sentencing yet. I've looked. I haven't seen anything about. It. I know a lot of times once you get convicted, there's usually like a month, month and a half before you have a sentencing hearing. Yep. But uh, we should we should mention that it not only is the uh, the defendant bear a challenge contestant, so is the plaintiff Georgia. Uh, bear video recorded himself and Georgia having sex without Georgia knowing, and then he published that on his OnlyFans. Georgia sued him and took him to court for I, I forget what the charge unlawful distribution of porn. I mean, I don't voyeurism, like there was something I don't even know what the charges were. Yeah, and I feel like I, you know, I just was briefly looking over an article about it yesterday or this morning, and she was saying something about how she was willing to kind of step up and be the face for the other women. So I feel like there might have been other women he did this to that were also part of the lawsuit that were just not named. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for Georgia. It must have been really hard to do this. Like, it was probably easier to just be like, ah, just forget it, don't call attention to it, and, you know, let this go. Uh, I think she did the right thing, though, in pressing these charges, and... um, I, you know, I'm certainly not an expert in law, especially not UK law, but from what I've read, it seems like the charge, this could be a two to four year prison sentence for Bear, uh, and good riddance. That guy was a piece of shit. Uh, (laughs) I knew that from watching the show and especially in light of all this stuff, it is clear he, uh, he deserves to go to prison. Let's, let's send him there. I gotta say two to four years to me is a lot lighter than I was expecting. Like same as you, I don't know anything about UK law, but, uh, you know, they have some weird laws in other parts of the world. Yep. Like I know in Canada, a life sentence is 30 years. Oh, really? Yeah. If you get sentenced for life, it's 30 years, no longer. Yeah. Like legally, the way the government set up, you can't, you can't stay in longer than 30 years for a single charge. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. Going from the U.S., that seems weird, but um, maybe there's some advantages to that. Oh. I don't really know. Joker says he gets sentenced at the end of January. Yeah. Good. Well, so. he's garbage. That bear. Garbage. Just a garbage guy, garbage guy. Yeah, and I think that's the only thing from this week that I saw and thought of. Uh, He's getting divorced. Yeah, that's making the rounds in the child in the challenge world. Um, I don't know. We don't need to dwell on that. I just yeah. wish the best for CT. I think yeah. I think they announced that a couple weeks ago, and I noticed uh, he has been added to uh, Challenge Mania Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, he did suddenly seem once he got divorced, he's now back on Instagram more than he was, and <laughs> I saw he's like booked for some conventions, doing appearances. So yeah. uh, if you want to meet CT, do it now before he finds another woman because <laughs> he, he's out on the circuit now and he's making himself available. I think he needs money, which is fine. Which no, I get it, CT. Yeah. <laughs> no judgment, man. It's all good. Uh, all right, well, is that it? I think that's everything. All right, well, I don't have an outro, so I'm just going to say uh, thanks for listening and we will see you next week. Well, let's hope I hit the right button. You did it! The challenge, the With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.